There are so many different things happening across the world and lots of opinions around it. It's hard to understand what's going on. Well, we're here to help you digest the biggest news stories and find out what they mean to us as individuals and the conversations they're creating. Join me, Liz. And me, Abby, each week to work out what's going on. Hello and welcome back to What's Going On and it's been a month since our October roundup so that means it's time for the November roundup. And we've got a little bit of a more happier one this month. Slightly. Yeah, slightly. And more of a festive one as we go into December as well, definitely. Which is super exciting. Um, Yeah, we've got some exciting things planned for this episode. Like Abby said, a lot more upbeat and slightly Christmassy, if if you will say. Um, <laughs> but I'll let Abby kick us off on the hard-hitting news. Uh, it's not too hard-hitting, but it's like the real news that you need to hear. <laughs> this is the this is the news headlines, and then Liz has the more happy, light beat. Yeah, yeah, light-hearted. <laughs> there we are. Stuff <laughs> compared to me, all doom and gloom. Um, <laughs> So this one, I think, is quite an interesting one. It sort of, um, it happened at the beginning of the month that this was announced. Um, and it's quite a fascinating one because, unfortunately, it's going to be the way that I think a lot of places are going to go, especially um, small, low-lying islands, um, as the risk of climate change sort of increases and communities do start to take action from it in extreme action at that so the one that I found um, particularly fascinating this month was about Australia offering a climate pact for um, displaced residents of an island called Tuvalu and they are a tiny group of low-lying islands in the remote Pacific Ocean and they're sort of located about middle between Australia and Hawaii and Tuvalu as like a nation is one of the most at-risk nations to climate change and so Australia is offering refuge to the residents of Tuvalu um, if they are displaced by climate change and I mean it's just fascinating I remember learning about this in geography when I was like in secondary school about how we'd probably have climate refugees and to see it actually starting to happen is really interesting um and I mean the residents will be able to live obviously work and study all in Australia um and I mean gorgeous gorgeous place I mean the the pictures are absolutely stunning but it's very fascinating to then see sort of the dark side of it I guess and how it's going to be severely impacted in a way that we possibly might not understand in the UK it's a very sort of different way that each country is going to be facing these issues I mean I've never heard of Tuvalu what a brilliant name for a country I'd just like to say said it I was like what there's a place called that um I think it's a big thing for Australia to actually be taking climate refugees because they have quite a strict immigration policy um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I think for them to go like you have a home here is a massive mm. thing. Um, but it's just a shame that that like nation is at risk now, um, and it won't exist um in the near future. I mean, we're seeing 
um how climate change is impacting us here i think there's been well near me there's been quite a lot of landslides uh recently so especially on my train line which is um between liverpool and cleethorpe like around me there's been a couple of slides that have caused havoc whether that's down to climate change or whatever i don't know um, it's probably to do with like extreme weather that's being yeah. sort of increased by climate change back to our back to our favorite extreme weather <laughs> extreme weather i love a bit of extreme weather <laughs> um but yeah it is just it is nice to you know they've got a place to go but that's their like native home it's there'll be generations of people that live there Tuvaluvians. 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 It's Tuvaluvians. Yeah, that's what they're called. That's such a magical thing, doesn't it? No, Tuvaluvians. It Honestly, sounds like a fairy paradise. You need to Google it. It's gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. island. Whilst this is having a Google, um, so I'm going to explain a little bit more about this sort of scheme. So essentially, Australia is going to create a special visa. As Liz said, it's actually quite difficult to move to Australia. Um, so they're going to create a special visa for up to 282 Bolivians each year to move. And we are saying there's like, you know, there's a fair few Tuvaluvians, but there's not loads. They've got a population of just over 11,000. So it's not thousands and thousands of people, you know, but I mean, it's a good amount and um, they're all going to be able to move. So yeah, it's around nearly 300 per year over a certain amount of time that's an amazing sort of scheme have you have you seen what it looks like no yeah. I don't know what I was expecting but I wasn't expecting that I recommend everyone go and google uh Tuvalu now because it's like a it's like on a little corner it's like a triangle but it's so thin so it must have been a fairly biggish country you can see especially at the end how it's like now being covered in water mm-hmm. That is a really, really small country. That's, like, really scary. It's tiny. It really, really is. And, I mean, like I said, like, it's one of the countries that's most affected by climate change, and you can sort of see why, you know. Oh, I've seen the um, picture before of their prime minister or whatever, the mayor, who's doing his press conference in the water. Have you seen that picture? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's I have seen that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How crazy. Yeah. I mean, it gets your point across. It does. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, a very clear example of climate change. Um, yeah. I I, if I, there was a case of like, especially in that area of the world where there could be a tsunami, that would just wipe that entire island out. That'd be it. Yeah. As I said, it's a really small island. It is quite triangular. So probably as time's gone by, it's shrunk because of rising sea levels and things like that and I think when people talk about climate change the impacts of climate change it's often very sort of abstract and you can talk about it you can talk about it and talk about it but you can't physically see it and because the effects are taking place slowly but surely so like the impact of rising sea levels everyone knows it's happening but you can't actually measure down to the bottom of the ocean to say okay well this has happened but to see an island actually becoming smaller and smaller because of these issues just I mean I think it's an incredible scheme but it really raises a lot of questions as to whether 
this is going to be the start of many countries offering climate refuge for people who are impacted and unfortunately you know are we going to start to see other countries and nations becoming extinct because of these issues it's crazy i think i'm looking at like sky um like bird's eye view images now and you can see like under the water where the country used to be yeah and it obviously can't have been like right like um have been that long since it was there because it's still fairly like surface level but it is underwater like that's where people lived Mm -hmm. anything that was like their coast and now someone's backyard is the coast yeah it's insane it's madness and i mean just going back to our favorite topic about extreme weather you your landslide story reminded me of it this week and absolutely incredible i don't know if you remember um i think it was the chilean miners i think that whole thing happened yes. probably when we were about I know what you're going to talk about there have been 41 workers construction workers trapped in a tunnel in india and they were trapped there for 17 days and they were all rescued yesterday and this is terrifying this scares me so much incredible story but they were trapped because of a landslide and extreme weather and that extreme weather is happening more often because of climate change no those stories scare me so much you will not (laughs) hear any underground spaces i've watched too many tiktoks um about people getting stuck in pipes and everything honestly i'm a bit traumatized don't worry they weren't stuck in pipe crazy how, how big these like they were like a bit it was like a big pipe and i think like i don't want to get it wrong but there was definitely about five or six that, that men stuck in this like pipe and they'd lost where they were oh so that, okay, that's a bit scary yeah it was horrible and then i'll keep watching videos about people going caving and getting stuck and i'm a bit the cave caving scary i, I will avoid caving at all but i'm not built for caving so we'll just stay away from it yeah no, i don't think either of us are actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll stay away from that one we'll let someone yeah. else do that but that's the incredible story that they're all rescued and it mm. was so i was working as it was happening and we sort of got reports that like one of them had been rescued and everyone was like, oh my goodness, this is very exciting. And then it came through that like they'd all be rescued in the space of like a couple of hours. And we're just crazy. watching them all come out. And then eventually all 41 of them came out. They were all okay. They're absolutely fine. I will say that they were being fed food and they had oxygen through like a yes. tube that was being so they weren't essentially sort of you know, forgotten about the fact that someone not to like die in that instance. You hear of horrific cases where this doesn't happen. So yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, yeah. It was one of those where it could have gone either way, but absolutely incredible that it went the way it did. And yeah, I mean that's sort of my little climate change weather. I love a bit of weather I've done on this podcast. <laughs> Um, we are officially rebranding to what's going on in the weather. I think we should. <laughs> um, but this does all tie into as well what is coming up in December, um, which is the COP28 summit, which is taking place in Dubai, which is a little bit of a controversial choice, I would say, in terms of location and nations being quite instrumental in climate change action and things like that. Dubai is a little bit of an interesting choice, that's for sure. 
um, but we will have a full episode all about it. Um, but keep an eye out for that because um, Rishi Sunak, our Prime Minister, and King Charles, who is quite a big campaigner for the environment, are going over there. So, yeah, so that's my little climate weather roundup. Liz, you've got something a little bit more festive for us, haven't you, rather than me talking about exotic islands in I'm the so Pacific. <laughs> No, I, I love the telly. I love watching what's going on on uh, just in showbiz, in TV. Um, yeah, I am a huge fan, especially at this time of year. It's so exciting. Um, and yeah, I feel like when I was at uni, I didn't watch much normal TV, but now I'm back at home. I'm like fully in it. So the first thing I wanted to kick it off with is at the end of this week, we are in December. And for the past month, we have been seeing the Battle of the Christmas Adverts 2023 commence, which is just amazing. I count down. I wait. You know, I'm there trying to see which adverts on first. I think Asda's came out on the 1st November and I was there watching it straight away. Like, the 1st of November is very early. Like. Yeah, well, as soon as Halloween's ticked over, they just they start appearing. I think... You don't get John Lewis until around the 16th of November. I'm very in on it with Christmas adverts. She's um, an expert. I'm the expert on weather and this is the expert on Christmas adverts. Everything <laughs> Christmas, I am Mrs. Christmas. Um, so, you know, these adverts have been ticking through now. We've seen Kevin the Carrot from our late, as we do every year. Wouldn't be Christmas without our Kevin. And then we have seen the Amazon advert, which Ave has just watched before the recording. Ave, how did you feel about that? It was the cutest thing ever. My my heart has just grown about three sizes. I It was so cute. Possibly <laughs> was... my favourite advert this year. If you've not seen it, it's three old ladies and they are watching people go sledging. So one of them buys them all seat cushions so that they can all sit on sleds and they go sledging together. And it is the most like simple yet wholesome little advert ever. Um, I saw it and I was like, oh my God. I think but that's I- where it works because it is so awesome. simple and it's just so wonderful. <laughs> I can't oh my- it's just the right feel for this time of year. It gives me that, like, it does give you, like, Christmas feeling, like, about warmth and friendship and families. Like, that's what it's all about. Um, so we've seen um, Snappy, Snapper, the... Snappy? Yeah, Snapper, one of them. We've seen um, the um, Venus Flytrap from John Lewis, which that advert's all about um, your little Christmas traditions. Bit of, like... Some people love it, some people hate it. It's a bit marmite that one. Um, I liked it because everyone has their quirky Christmas traditions. And as I said before, the Twabe, having a Venus fly trap as your Christmas tree is definitely up there as quirky. So I just love that. Very quirky. But actually, now the more that I think about it, what cool Christmas present, like Christmas tree. Yeah, One of your generic little, I don't know what they're called. The he can pass out the presents for you. That'd be real. That would be yeah. quite good. No, I enjoyed that one. Doesn't, doesn't malt either, like normal Christmas trees? No. And it lasts all year round. A uh, Christmas tree isn't just for Christmas. I feel like that should be their new slogan. <laughs> get, me, get me on the marketing team with John Lewis. I've sorted it. <laughs> um, we've had Bouvelé at Asda. Can't have Christmas without Bouvelé. And they even played homage to the classic joke that Michael Bouvelé defrosts in um, Christmas. Um, because he is the voice of Christmas, I'd say, 
already had the album on multiple times so much that it is in my um apple music wrapped for the year already um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that came out today and i looked and thought, oh yep there's buble straight away <laughs> number one Basically, and then we had a Rick Astley cameo from Sainsbury's where they made a little joke on the um, Never Gonna Give You Up song, um, which if you've not seen that one, it's a very brief cameo. It's more about Sainsbury's food, but you see it and you go, oh my God, it's Rick Astley sort of thing. Um, But yeah, so Christmas adverts, why do we have them? Well, it's the biggest time of year for spending. Um. You know, people see things on telly and tend to go out and buy them. It's, you know, it's weird that we take in that it's coming up to Christmas. We need to start prepping. People spend a lot more money at Christmas, not only on presents, but on food. Oh, you also mentioned, sorry, I was scrolling on TikTok to find my exact thing. But you mentioned Buble being the icon of Christmas. You forgot to mention Mariah Carey and the the annual video of her defrosting. I've just had a look. Guess guess how many views it's got on TikTok? 7.6 mil. 101.6 million. I feel like, see, this is a very unpopular opinion here. Um, If I get haters from it, it is it not my It's not my favourite Christmas song. If anything, it's probably one of my least favourite Christmas songs. I'm all there for a bit of wham. Love last Christmas. Love a bit of wham. Um, but I love a bit of classics like White Christmas. Oh, oh, oh Holy Night, I absolutely love. The Home Alone soundtrack is possibly one of the best, like, things of Christmas. I've got... not, not seen Home Alone, so I can't tell you. Ah, but now we're going to get double cancelled. I, I don't like Mariah Carey all that much for Christmas. You've not seen Home Alone. No, right. sorry. That's your homework for this episode. No. I mean. <laughs> what was my homework for the week as well? <laughs> People get homework. <laughs> no, I. It scares me. I don't like it. It's like, I think I watched it when I was little, and I didn't like it. I've just never watched it since. I have to say, I know we've like digressed, but I've already seen. I'm in double digits of how many Christmas films I've seen already this year. That's bad, isn't it? I've I've not done a Christmas movie. I've done Christmas songs, but I've not done a Christmas movie. I watched all six of my cringy Netflix ones. I watched both the Home Alones. I've watched Elf today, The Holiday. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna watch that. Absolutely that was the first it. time I've watched it all the way through today. Never really? seen it. Yeah, and it's unexpected for me because you know we're romance readers. It's yeah. fully like in our perspective, but yeah, never seen Home Alone. Uh, Home Alone, The Holiday. Um. Yeah, I'm saving a couple of classics for December. I've seen The Grinch already. I've seen both the animated and um, the like live action one. I watched The Grinch like months ago for some reason. I think I was babysitting. I watched The oh, Grinch all year it's round. All year round. Definitely. I've also watched both Gavin and Stacey Christmas specials. Nice. I did watch. And, Bridget- and I count them as like Christmas. Bridget Jones counts. Yeah, I was going to say, I did watch Bridget Jones the other day. Yeah, that counts. But anyway, we're getting very Christmassy here. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone from November roundup to Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. So I just thought I'd have a look into why the adverts are so important, why they're so big and why they take over our tellies as soon as Halloween's out of the way. Um, So give me a number on how much you think, on average, was spent on the John Lewis advert this year. Ooh. I'd say a couple million. Right, it weren't as much as that. Okay. 
completely. So um, the John Lewis ad costs eight hundred thousand pounds to make. Oh, that, that, I was thinking like four million. That's ridiculous. I think that's just John Lewis though, but it found half. So like about 48% of all adults credit these types of adverts with helping spark gift ideas. So especially with um adverts like John Lewis, um it is about it is about like you know Christmas gifts, what do I get people? So they tend to highlight it. You get a lot with boots. Um their Christmas advert this year was a little girl that wanted to take Santa a present. So they wanted to go to the North Pole and take Santa a present. And she delivers presents all the way, but it highlights key star buys of boots. Um, very sneaky, but a great way to think, oh, I could get that my mum for Christmas or I could get that my dad for Christmas. It's very smart how advertising works. I think um, people do forget that, don't they? These are marketing campaigns. They are. Yeah. Uh, they are trying to get... Everyone gets so involved and invested in the stories but they are trying to sell us something yeah they entertain us but then it'll leave something in the back of your mind where you go oh they've got that um set on offer there let me go and have a look let me go into the shop let me go on the website um so they are just they are massive um the organisation which represents UK advertisers, agencies, media owners and tech companies, together with marketing consultancy WARC, estimates that a record $9.5 billion will be spent during the Christmas season, which is up by 4.8% from last year, with TV adverts accounting for nearly $1.5 billion of that. So $1.5 of the amount we spend at Christmas will be because of what we're seeing on our TVs. That is crazy. That So, like, down to your food adverts, you see, oh, they've got a salted caramel Christmas pudding. We'll have that this year. Yeah. You know, it is a little thing. It's so smart. It's so intelligent. So I just thought it was quite fascinating how much actually went into these campaigns and schemes and, you know, why they remain so memorable in our heads um, you do get a lot of cameos. You tend to get a lot of celeb appearances. Um, I think a, a couple of years ago we had. Um, speaking of Home Alone, I think it one of the company, one of the big supermarkets did a Home Alone advert. Um, and I think that's where Kevin the Carrot stems it, from. Yeah, it was Aldi. Kevin the Carrot. Yeah, but there's another one that's been done with that had actual Macaulay Culkin in it. Um, oh really? Was Aldi? Yeah, that was the UV. I can't remember the supermarket. But there is so much that like it relies on, and yeah, it is just it is just a huge thing for the industry that people don't realize how much money is being made and put into it. I mean, I know you wanted to mention one, which was about the pub, um, the yeah. Charles pub. So this one, I'm yet to watch this, but I'm going to go and watch it after this. But Abby's explained what it is, and it is it was cost seven hundred pounds to film on an iPhone yeah. in Northern Ireland, right? Seven hundred pound compared to eight hundred thousand pounds that John Lewis advert costs, and even less than that one, which is a very homemade, wholesome Christmas advert. Iceland aren't doing one. Iceland, you know, they've had I think they've had Peter Andre in their Christmas advert before. Last year they had Slade. Um, this year they've decided not to do one and focus all their like money rather than spending millions on an advert 
on making Christmas cost effective in the cost of living crisis because you can see all these extra special and buy this, buy that, you know, Christmas isn't like all this food. But realistically, in the world and the economy we're currently living in, not all these things are available for every family. So Iceland is focused instead of... um. Instead, on offering deals and aiming to keep prices low with offers such as a turkey roast dinner bundle for eight to ten people for just £30. You can feed eight to ten people for £30. That's just insane to me. I, I honestly don't think I could do it if I tried. Like, if I went to the supermarket with a Christmas dinner in my head, you'd definitely come out. You'd be spending £70, £80 upwards. Um. So the fact that they are offering this is just crazy. I think there's a lot of like deals and bundles going on in the supermarkets, but the fact that they've invested the money that they would into helping its customers, hopefully it'll show a, a profit for the company because people think that's why mums choose Iceland, as their famous slogan goes. But yeah, I hope you... Um got the grasp of what I was saying there with the Christmas adverts. I just wanted to give you a little bit of spice, a little bit of um Christmas cheer with that. Um, And I thought it was quite interesting, you know, what goes into them and why they are the way they are. No, I found that really fascinating. And I remember watching a documentary about them filming the Christmas advert for John Lewis, and it was the man on the moon one, the brilliant one. Um, And they filmed it in, like, July. Like, yeah. this is a whole thing. And... Mm-hmm. As Liz was saying, like so much of their profits and so much of their revenue around this time is because of that Christmas advert. So if they get it wrong, like it, yeah. it, it's not good. I think at the minute as well, we are seeing the death of the high street because of retailers yeah. like Amazon, which we both said has brought out the best Christmas advert, like one of the best ones this year. So, and it's the most simplest one. So that when they're competing with this, there is strife and strife because. You can guarantee that 70% of what you order, most people will be off a website. Um, yeah, I was going to say, the ones, the Christmas shopping I've done so far has all been online. I've not been yeah. into a I mean, store. I try to make the effort to uh, buy from small businesses at Christmas. So yeah. I bought all my Christmas jumpers from a small business this year. Just because they were cute, they were sweet, a bit more expensive than I'd pay in somewhere like Primark. But it's supporting a small business rather than yeah. a big company. But it is still that ordering online that is killing off our high streets. Um, so these do matter. They make a big impact on the next year of revenue for a shop, really. Mm-hmm, definitely. And just to round this whole thing off, you've yeah. been very, very newsy. And I love it. But what's your favourite group? What's your favourite Christmas advert? Well, okay, not maybe not favourite. That's quite hard. Top three. Can you give me a top three? A top three. Right. Amazon is up there. This year's app. Are we talking all time or just like this year? No, all time. All time? Yeah. Ooh, that's even hard. Okay, okay. Um, Sainsbury's World War One has to be up there. <laughs> that one. <laughs> it's so good. Over the, like, the little bar of chocolate. It is honestly, makes me cry every time I see it. Yeah, no, I'm going to start crying thinking about it again. Yep. It's brilliant oh i don't i don't think it's your one of yours but the john lewis the man on the moon one is one of mine i think right okay um the christmas show one that sainsbury's did the other year they did like a christmas show thing and i specifically love this advert for one reason right there's a kid dressed as a plug that runs at a wall and plugs it honestly it is (laughs) 
it makes me laugh in hysterics. I nearly swore then. It makes me hysterically <laughs> laugh. Um, honestly, I just think it's braille purely for that just one clip of this kid running at a wall and chucking <laughs> itself into a plug socket. It's so I think I could vaguely envision it. Search it up after. I always find myself going back and watching it because it just makes me chuckle so much. If you're ever upset, just watch this advert. <laughs> What's your? I'm trying to think of my other one. I don't think it's in my top three, but I don't know if you remember when Sainsbury's did that one of like the sh- toy maker and he was like singing. Yeah. That was that always sticks in my mind. Was it James Corden? Was it? I, I might have made that up. Don't was it? Was it the animated one? Yeah, it was like play? lots of different I, houses. I think that was James Corden. <gasps> no, I, I could think. be wrong here. I could be giving out false news. So. I'm not sticking to that statement. Let's Google it. But I believe it was. I think it was James Corden. But let me Google it. You, you think I did like that one. Sainsbury's is always a bit of a winner for me. I feel like they do pull off some of the best Christmas adverts. Yeah. Because um, Mog the cat was good. Uh, oh. When he burned down the house on Christmas, that was a good one. Yeah. Um, my last one is either between the Somewhere Only We Know advert oh. Yeah. From John Lewis with the bunny and the bear. That one's good. Um, Always a classic. Or Monty the Penguin from John Lewis was good as well. And even with a cute, cuddly animal. Is it James Corden? Yeah. My Christmas knowledge. Really? Yeah. I feel like the classic is Holidays Are Coming for Coca-Cola, which we've not seen yet this year. No. That's not one of the ones that springs to mind when I think of Christmas. I I don't think of that one. I, I would think of John Lewis or Sainsbury's. I would as well, but I just think that just the holidays are coming. Like, I just sing it in my head, even though I don't particularly like Coca-Cola as a drink. I just uh, think... Yeah. But that's the reason, little fun fact diverged, that's the reason Santa's dressed in red and white, Coca-Cola. Red, yeah, because he's been green. He was originally green or blue, yeah, yeah. And then Coca-Cola completely rebranded him to be red and white, and now Santa wears red and white. That just shows how much impact and power these efforts have. Amazing. Yeah. What was my other top one? <laughs> We've really, really like I've really spiraled us off here on Christmas adverts because they're yeah. so good. Um, the, if they're just you, fascinating, and if anyone gets the chance on Channel Five, they tend to do these um like top Christmas adverts of all time or top adverts or like top things of the seventies. They tend to be on at stupid o'clock at night, like ten, eleven, or they're on a lot over Christmas. Yeah. You get the Christmas advert one, watch it because it shows like how Christmas adverts have grown over the years and why they've got bigger. Really interesting, and it's not too like intense, like documentary. It's just people. No, I don't. I think I've watched it before. They're like very wholesome, but if you are Christmas advert mad or just Christmas mad like me, um, definitely look for that on Channel Five. Speaking of watching over Christmas, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to think about my other Christmas advert. You. Tell me all about it. <laughs> so, the joys of Christmas is also the TV guide. So, in between your adverts, because they make the top priority, you might be watching TV programs on some of your favorite channels. And this year and month, we have seen a lot happen. The two big like things in my life: we've had Big Brother return this year. The final, which is it for me, is the run up to Christmas. Is I'm a celebrity. Um, you know, there's always a little bit of controversy around I'm a celeb because, um, I mean, this year it's been brought up about the animal um, welfare 
issues. Chris Packham has brought it up and said he's written a letter to um and to Dick and the production crew behind it about them. You know, um obviously they use them in eating channel challenges, so there's the question of are they being killed for this reason? Um, but just the way that animals are portrayed in the way they are wildlife and nature. So that's been a big topic of this season. Um a few years back they had to stop using live animals in trial in eating trials. Um there's quite a famous trial where Fern eats a live spider and she has to like shake it up and then eat it. And then they used to do like live grubs where they had to like bite the heads off and kill them when they were alive. No, I couldn't do it at all. It's horrible. Um but they had to put a stop to that already and now there's been more um what um Chris Packham's kind of asked for is um you know to be a bit of knowledge and a bit of understanding around the wildlife and nature and show us how beautiful it actually is um cuz i for one i'm terrified of spiders will not go near one um and have to look away from the telly if anything too spidery is around this is so, why i don't watch it cuz i would spend half of it behind the cushion because i can't deal no. with like those type of like, give me the jeeves yeah it is just i think they have toned down their like approach with um you know how they use animals in the program and like i was saying to you earlier um like some of the eating trials involve things like vomit fruit which is a fruit um it's vile apparently i've never had it and i probably never will um but they use stuff like that a lot um and they've had people that have gone in who are vegan or vegetarian and they are they have got ways of making accommodations. Um so I think it is a case of why don't you bring that into more like generally. But we have also seen this year two now, as we record this, um contestants have left because of medical reasons. We don't have any full reasoning behind why is Grace Den and Jamie Lee uh, Spears have left the jungle? It just says for medical reasons. Um, is there something going on as to why two have left for medical reasons, or are they just using it as a way? Have they asked for it to be done that way? I'm a little bit skeptical. I got, but they have to. Obviously, there's the account of mental health, and I know Jamie's had difficult time in the jungle, but um, yeah. I'm a bit like, are they just using it to get through or is it a genuine medical reason? Oh, but really? maybe we'll hear about it on this morning in a few weeks. Yeah. That's intriguing. I'm, I'm quite intrigued about that. Yeah. Quite, is it quite unusual for them to leave because of medical reasons? I can't think how... It's quite unusual for them to leave at all. I can't think of many people that have said, like, I'm a celeb. Um, I know Gemma Collins quite famously said it pretty much exactly as the 72 hours, like, curb was up. Um, you have to last 72 hours in the jungle to get your money, to get paid. Right, okay. So <laughs> she basically lasted three days and said, I'm a celeb, get me out of here. Um, <laughs> but a couple of people have left here and there. But to have two for medical reasons in one season, and also I feel quite like close together. want to say, I'm a celeb, get me out of here, you know. I think they wanted to go quite discreetly. But for me, it's just made me ask more questions. But that's mm. because I'm Jose and I'm a journalist. Absolutely. No, I, I love it. I've yeah. been watching bits of Sam Thompson on it because I really like him. He's he so is a golden retriever energy all and the time. Wonderful. Lovely little guy. I can't look at the screen and just sit there and smile at him. 
That's I just I sit there and with the biggest grin and think, oh my God, you're a gorgeous human being. <laughs> it's just so like, I think he's just so warm. He's he just, just so, seems like, so friendly. I have enjoyed this cast this year and I'm looking forward to, we're 10 days in, so not long left now. Well, oh, another week. Oh, How long does I'm Slav last? Three weeks? Two weeks? You're asking completely the wrong person. Oh, yeah. Um, however long it lasts, they'll start voting out, I imagine, on Sunday. Oh, so... it'll be interesting to see how Nigel Farage does. Well, actually, that's another thing I should just bring in before we wrap up. Um, So he said, he said it a few times now, and it started, there's been a bit of controversy with Nigel in there anyway, especially even with the campmates. Um, a few difficult questions asked about Brexit, immigration... There was a conversation about cultural appropriation he had with Nella last night. Um, yeah, he is a quite a controversial being in the camp. Um, but he said Nella got voted for a trial and she's been up for a few now. And I, you know why people vote. They like your reactions. They like want someone that's going to give them good telly. And he said, don't worry, Nella, you get 25% of the screen time for tonight's show. He said this, it's been on TV he was hoping, I think, to go in for the Matt Hancock experience where Matt was voted for pretty much every trial last year. Got all the screen time, but people still didn't like him. There is talk that he's done this to build up his campaign for mm-hmm. Tory party leader. There's a lot of talk about it. But yeah, he very openly announced a few times, you get 25% of the screen time, and then every time he doesn't get a trial, he's very down about it because he wants more screen time. Ooh. I don't think he'll last very long. I think... First one, first or second on early doors out. I, think, I mean, it's my personal opinion on him anyway, but I just think compared to the other contestants in there now, mm-hmm. I can't see anyone who'd get voted out before him, and I'd be okay. very shocked too, because the rest seem to bring something to the table. Um, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how Nigel fares. After all that, I did work out my other top. Go on, three finish percent. it off. The dragon that like always sets fire to everything. Oh yeah, that was it's good. To that Bastille song, and it's brilliant. And like they yeah. get Christmas pudding, and they get him to like light it on fire, and that is definitely one of my top ones. So I've gone for mostly John Lewis ones. I've just worked out John Lewis and the Sainsburys one. John Lewis and Sainsburys, they are they aren't there for me. They're my favorite ones. Yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna well get done, it. John Lewis and Sainsburys. You've got that um, of approval. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should probably wrap up, Abby, because this has been an extremely long November roundup, I feel. It has, and I'd say a good 40 minutes of it is on Christmas. Um, um, so lucky you guys, anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> Get ready for the end of December. <laughs> it's going to be full Christmas. <laughs> Do we get um, a little um, sneak peek to the end of what we're doing at the end of December ooh, with the episode? Gonna, yeah, you, you thought you'd had it good with our monthly roundups we're gonna do a yearly roundup and 2023 has been intense so oh, it's been a year it's been one you, of them you're gonna, you're gonna need a cup of tea you're gonna need a box yep. of chocolates get your christmas box of chocolates because if you thought our monthly roundup was long until we see the yearly one <laughs> we've got enough stories to keep you occupied for hours <laughs> so please do bring a cup of tea or an entire teapot uh, but that should be family. So at the end of the year roundup, I mean, I'm guessing we'll see you on the third. Well, we'll probably see you before with some more news stories on the run up to Christmas. But keep your appeal for our um year 
2023 roundup. What's um, been going on in 2023? Yeah. We'll see you on New Year's Eve for that one. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see you before then. <laughs> well, we will see you before then. Yeah. Please do stay tuned and keep listening. <laughs> <laughs>